It's a good show. Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're sort of like the lazy queer eye of the Fab Five. Yeah, except I got 2020. Textual healing. So Pope Francis uh, came out uh, in a he's gay? Str- he's gay now. Yeah, Pope wow. Francis is gay. All right, someone's going to shoot you for that. Who cares? <laughs> Let him shoot me. <laughs> Let him shoot me. <laughs> um, he came out to, to uh, well, he spoke privately with this guy, Juan Carlos Cruz. Yeah. Um, with this uh, gay wad, I believe. He yes, was. yes. Well, yeah. no, wait, no, oh, no he like... wasn't a gay wad. He, he uh, was abused uh, by a pedophile in Chile. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I just skimmed the article and now I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> my, no, it's my, my bad. No, but he is actually gay. Oh, is he? Is he? He's gay, and and or, or he was I'm, a gay wad. He's vindicated. Let me then. back this up. Then yeah. he was abused by the arch, not the archdiocese, but the priest. Um, I don't know what the hierarchy of Catholicism. Yeah, 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 I don't know. Uh, but he was abused by a priest, and he had a private audience with um, the Pope, Pope Francis, saying, and Pope is. This Pope Francis particularly has gone on a mission to really sort of make amends in the best that he can for the abuse, the systemic, the systemic abuse that happened at the hands of priests. And uh, and it, from what I can infer from the article, which I, I can't, it doesn't really say it explicitly, but apparently people in his community essentially yeah, they, were saying you were you're gay you're because of this experience yeah, and you're a perv yeah. they were trying to say that he's a perv and make yeah. him look like he was lying and that he he enticed this or something right and, and then he said that the pope had said to him in private um, Juan Carlos you are that you are gay does not matter God made you like this and loves you like this and I don't care um, the pope loves you like this and you have to be happy with who you are yeah uh, when he told that to a Spanish newspaper but I mean, that's pretty remarkable yeah. for what's going on. This bitch tearing up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Pope Francis is, you know, uh, you know, for for an, for a staunch atheist, I mean, you can't help but like Pope Francis because yeah. I yeah. think he, he largely embodies what I want in religious people, which right. is someone who has the guiding philosophy and... of like, let's just be positive, let's let's help each other, let's give to the poor, let's bring yeah. each other up, et cetera. That's what Can I ask a, a sort of bad a, 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 a sad question. Yeah. Sure. Is this? Could this ever be read as a just a sort of PR move because well, I, Catholicism? Th- well, is dying? there's no doubt. And well, Catholicism what, what isn't I was dying. Say, it's not dying. But what I was going to say is that like they've said for years now, completely aside of, mm-hmm. of gay rights. I mean, uh, Francis is on sort of like the liberal tour and yeah. I've read <laughs> yeah. for years that people have talked about how he was chosen for political quote unquote mm. purposes that, yeah. they, that they felt they needed some like kind of a, cause Benedict, I think before him was super conservative, very, also conservative. very, yeah. also was, I think a big part of some of the uh, covering, covering up, up of, yeah. of, of a lot of these. And Pope John Paul was also very conservative. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, Benedict. I think is one of the only popes in like the last millennia to to resign while alive. Oh yeah, I mean it, it yeah. was insane that he actually stepped down from his position. Yeah. So there's probably, well, I shouldn't say probably, there could be something coming one day about yeah. why. But point being, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Pope Francis is like, I think they chose him specifically because he's a he's an open minded guy and he's yeah. and he's making you know. 
He's making us talk about it. He's the first Latin pope. He's the first, he's the first from pope. Latin America. And he's... he's making us talk about it. And he's making athe- an atheist like me say, oh, this isn't so bad. Mm. Yeah. I will say it is actually kind of interesting how uh, when it comes to politics in the United States, Catholics, uh, uh, generally speaking, aren't as conservative as Protestants. What? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, electorally, Catholics have often um, skewed within, except for the abortion issue, skewed for Democrats. Um, This was a precedent largely set by John F. Kennedy when he was the first Catholic president. So, Catholic states are Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New York, Missouri. Missouri's a very Catholic. Missouri's pretty Catholic. Wisconsin, which is obviously not the most liberal state, but it's also sure. not the most. Yeah. And then very few Catholic states that are very Protestant and have mm-hmm. very few Catholics, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, yeah. Texas. I mean, wow, Texas hmm. might actually not, might not be correct. I actually looked it up earlier. And, uh, and Catholicism often, I mean, one of the things, now I could be completely wrong on this, but um, my, my father's Catholic. And uh, one of the things that I remember learning was that... He's so it pious, isn't, by the way. Yeah, it isn't, it isn't that, it isn't wrong to be gay as a Catholic, Mm -hmm. it's practicing being gay. It's it's actually having sex. So you can technically be a gay priest. You can even say you're gay. I don't know if you can say you're gay, but you can be gay. It's not against Catholicism to be gay. It's against Catholicism to act on your gayness, sexually. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... They love that repressed... Yeah, they want that that little nugget there. But that said, I mean, with Pope Francis, just because I have to do a devil's advocate here, he also still is adamantly against abortion and any form of abortion sure. and anyone who gets an abortion i mean he does not support it whatsoever um there's no empathy there for abortion and and he also you know hasn't done much to to say that the countries that are legalizing gay marriage are doing the right thing the catholic church is still actively lobbying against that so you know there's there's i guess you could take it with a grain of salt but it's i mean yeah. it's also i mean what do you, what do you expect from uh, you don't know, they blow smoke minute. yeah <laughs> don't they yeah. blow smoke signals from the vatican isn't that like yeah, how they yeah, communicate? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's how they communicate that the new pope's been chosen. That yeah. is I mean, so funny. Why? Because it's just like, guys, get a phone. No, yeah. it's. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but it's also like it's. It's. I mean, you you know this as a Jew. It's about tradition. It's about the idea that yeah, this is but... what they've been doing for thousands of years. That a smoke signal on 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 Saint Peter's Basilica is what indicates to everyone around Rome that the new pope has been chosen, and that's something that they were doing the in like twelve hundred. You know. Pope? Popes used to be so fucking evil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They like they, they, there have been so many popes that like I, one of my favorite things to do is I haven't like I don't have a ton of like really fun tidbits, but I'll go on like a Wikipedia rabbit hole on yeah. like popes. Some of them have killed like oh yeah thousands of people. They've started wars. Yeah. They're I mean they're I mean these some of some of these people have been monsters. Yeah, they've killed people. Something yeah. is so popes were hot basically about a pope. just dictators. Uh, until well, until essentially Henry Henry the Eighth I think right he was mm-hmm. the one who um can't, you know England was essentially a Catholic country and then Henry the Eighth wanted to get a divorce and the Pope was sort of you know Catholicism was like the religion of the world at that yeah, time right. at, at least you know the Western world and and uh, and the president or oh, the king left the Catholic Church and created his own church essentially that was like Catholicism for England yeah. and the you know the that's when the Pope's power on the international stage started to dwindle mm-hmm. because as England started to colonize other countries, of mm-hmm. course, then they had to be a part of. And that's where Protestantism comes from, right? Uh, no, Episcopalian. 
I don't know. Yeah, Episcopalian is the Church of England. Have we talked about how like one of my greatest dreams is to um, is to for some reason go back to like the 1500s and be a feudal <laughs> lord <laughs> who just gets to like fuck his way across There's the countryside? There's a great side. Oh I don't a... know why I'm always like I like have this weird obsession with like it's like muddy, but you're the only one with like a robe. Feudal you, lord. I love a just, robe. Like, you I just love walk around a like robe. the plains, and you're like <laughs> you over here. There's and a great film. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time is about. Uh, it's called A Man for All Seasons, and it's when Henry VIII like wanted his guy to go against Catholicism and go against the Pope, and the guy was like, "I can't do it," and he went to he was like sentenced to death for it. And it's yeah. a great movie. Oh, it's really good. What's it called? A Man for All Seasons. It's from the '60s. It's oh. so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's old school. You'd probably hate it. I'd but hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and um, the popes are also really gay. Let's be real. Like they have the gayest shoes. Like okay. the gayest outfits. Alan speaking now. <laughs> yeah, everyone. this is Alan. No, they really are. He's wearing fucking dresses all the time. All right, cool. Fine I mean, with like me. he's wearing dresses. Yeah. Good. Well, hey, congrats. good luck with that, Alan. <laughs> Not even joking. Well, we're here with Amanda Seals. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Hi, Amanda. It's so great to have you here. Thanks for having me. You're a podcaster and an actress and a writer, and you do it all. Yes. I'm a comedian more than all of those things, though. You said I'm Oprah? Oprah. I don't have Oprah money. Mm. Who does? Yet. (laughs) Yet. Um, Well, you are also a preeminent voice, I think, on all things... A lot of wokeness, and I don't know. What you, I don't know what we call that anymore. Like I hate saying wokeness because it sounds. Lame. I know at this point it's it feels very what kitschy. Do we call I it? also never felt comfortable saying woke. I call myself yeah. a common sense specialist. Ooh, oh, that's yes. good. You should put that on a business card. Yeah. <laughs> if this, this were 1998, you'd put it. on But a you should card. feel uncomfortable as a white person saying woke because yeah. it's not yeah. your word. It's yeah. not, and it's weird. I yeah. say that there's such clunky. a thing as like being woke white. Yeah. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I do. I feel it's, it feels clunky. Isn't to being me woke white just not being like racist and sexist? No, no. it's not being. It's all, because you cannot be racist, but also you're a white savior. So the woke oh. white is like you're really dialed in. Like you're Matt yeah. McGorry. That's oh, I hate him. Why? I used to have a crush on him, and now I hate him. Why? He's... Because it felt like he was being so like exactly what you said. He was being very like like a white savior, like a preachy sort of like you have to read this Jim Crow book. And I'm just like, we know who you are. Like, how about you amplify like. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just got oh, really. I then them. again, then again, you've told me on this podcast I have to watch certain movies and documentaries, and if I don't, I'm a monster. <laughs> well, no, I've never said that. You've never said that. I've never said that, but I have I suggested you watch part. certain documentaries. But I would never like claim to be sort of you know an activist for whatever cause I was. Yeah, the documentary yeah. was about. For you sure. know what I mean? But he actually he does. He goes. He does. Go he does. He does. He does do it. There's just something I don't like about him. Uh-huh. So I just handsome. like that he unabashedly. You also I don't. Well, I understand that, but yeah. he like unabashedly says things that typically white guys just don't yeah. say and defend. Like f- whether it's about feminists or whether it's about feminism or Islam or mm-hmm. you know uh, immigration. Like he just, especially in Hollywood, like he's just saying yeah. things, and it's kind of like this is where I'm at. This is my stance, and if it because I know people who aren't saying things, yeah, like who say things, you know. Like in shared company, but they're like, oh, I'm not going to like publicly defend. But there's something mm. about, I mean, do you ever have, I'm, I'm sure everyone does, but like there's some, and to me, my reaction to it is I question motives behind well, some Well, Donna Glover. That's how I feel about Donna Glover. Yeah. I question like why 
someone does something, especially in such an unabashedly vocal way. Like there's a, I'm very passionate about certain causes that I may not necessarily be a part of the group that I'm passionate about for that cause. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I would be. I, I just it feels like he takes it to a different level, and maybe then I question it. Okay, so a few years ago, there was this um, senior at the University of uh, Mississippi. Her name was Sierra Manny, and she wrote this uh, essay for the DM, which is which is funny now, but it was it you know was uh, the school paper or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she wrote a letter called uh, "Dear White Gay Guys," and she basically talked about how she basically pointed out um, white gay guys co-opting. the behavior and attitudes or whatever of black women. And she wrote this long piece in which she said, um, and I just have some highlights here, but she says, you know, you're, uh, I don't care how well you quote Medea, who told you that your booty was getting bigger than hers, how cute you think it is to call yourself a strong black woman. You are not a black woman and you do not get to claim either blackness or womanhood. It is not yours. It is not for you. Claiming our identity for what's sweet without ever having to taste it sour is not breathing fire behind ugly stereotypes that reduce black females to loud caricatures for you to emulate isn't either. And she even goes further to make the point that black women cannot hide their blackness and womanhood to protect themselves the way that you can hide your homosexuality. So this set off like a firestorm of essays and think pieces and um, our own H. Allen Scott was at the very <laughs> the very center of it. He mm. went head to head with... Um, well, let's See, not I, let's not call it head to head. Okay, he was on okay. CNN in one of those. Split it was panels. it was a forced head to head in terms of the way we force sort of a, not well, CNN likes to put you in situations. Yes, when in reality, my entire point. I wrote this article in response to it, validating many of her points, and but then saying, I, I essentially, I, I particularly took offense to the idea of hiding your homosexuality you can you can can, yes you can there is you literally can but the assumption that someone can or should is i think a dangerous territory to walk down and it's a dangerous thing to suggest in terms of making your point that yes white gay men are appropriating black female culture and it is something that is offensive especially if it is oftentimes done completely ignorantly in in a way that doesn't respect i mean you see it on drag race all well, the time. I, yeah, I was going to say uh, that I think it's also, and this was written in 2014, I believe, mm-hmm. and I think it's been like, it's gone at like super, this is this appropriation has gone at like super speed in the last three years or four years, literally from the ubiquity of drag race. Yeah. So her what's your experience? Her point, yeah, that you, her, point is just, her point is that you're wearing black womanhood in a way that is, comf- is convenient for you when you want to and inconvenient when you don't want it to be, you take it off. And that as black women, we don't have the ability to do that. That's and, all yeah. she said. And you were saying before about you had a former boss who's told you. Yeah, I had a former boss who was like, oh, you make me want to be a strong black woman. And it was a white guy. And it was a white guy. Oh, and I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, do, yeah. I? <laughs> do I? Do I? I've, I've always, I mean, my, my best friends, they know it's always been something that's just driven me crazy well but to push well, back it's... on that though because you often compare yourself now and this gets to another I, something we'll talk about at some point but like you you compare yourself oftentimes to living a le- like like a lesbian yes but i and don't isn't that principally then similar to no it's how, not how? it's nothing close <laughs> like being because lesbians are a specific group but they are by no means in the same way oppressed the way that black women the world over have been oppressed yes. like literally systemically etc and then you can have the intersectional the intersectionality of the fact that you can be a black woman 
and a lesbian. So you're getting yeah. like the double whammy. But there's no that's a false equivalency to say that the two things are the same. Because at the end of the day, if you're a black woman, you're a black woman. You can be a white lesbian. And that's a whole other different experience than being a black woman who's a lesbian. Maybe when he says, I feel like a lesbian, maybe you just need to be more specific. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, what kind of lesbian? <laughs> you know? Well, we know what kind. I love, I, we know. I love a Subaru. I am a nester. Sure. I want yeah. to adopt. But, but yeah. I mean, but, just but I think there's also like jokes. And then there's also that, like. That's, that's the. Yes. Yes. That's how I see it as well. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's jokes, and then there's also, like, who gets to make jokes, and, like, what context the jokes get made in, Mm -hmm. and there's, like, an overwhelming pervasiveness of, like, white men, gay or straight, who just feel like they have entitlement to say whatever they want. Of course. Whenever they want, and it's, like, deal with it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's really what she's firing back about, that it's, like, can we have our thing? Can, can, like, we have our identity? Can Mm -hmm. we at least keep that like mm-hmm. just because and they're also they're also as often times like I've experienced this like where gay guys will be like oh because I'm gay I'm not racist or because oh, I'm gay God. like I have access oh, yeah. I have yeah. access to you in a different way because I have experienced oppression as well mm-hmm. and it's like it's not it's just not the same and we're not having like an oppression Olympics here oh yeah. my God. but it's simply just not the same I went to a show one time and this guy was singing uh, acapella songs and he started singing um, NWA Straight Outta Compton oh mm-hmm. brother and he oh, was like brother. Straight Outta Compton a crazy motherfucker name I scoop from the group called Niggas With Attitude I and know. I turned I around and walked out and my friend ran after me and she's like oh my god why are you leaving and I was like because I didn't come here for this like this yeah. is just not what I came for and she was like oh you're upset because he said the N-word. And I was like, well, yeah, like, I'm just not here for it. And she was like, oh, no, Amanda, he's gay. It's fine. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, wow, right. wow, 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 wow. He should have sang Anya, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> like, I had to stand, or, like, or on a flow. corner of, you know, 2nd Avenue in Houston and, like, trying to explain to her, like, why the two mm-hmm. are not intersectional in terms of, but like, But in what access. way, like, you, yes, I completely understand what you're saying, but it also in what way, like... Culture and the way culture flows and the way sort of, you know, the appropriation of culture, both intentional, offensive and not offensive, is a very organic and murky thing oftentimes. In, and outside of just even racial, you know, r- racial identities that usually apply or things that apply to certain races. There are all kinds of things in terms of like... Um, uh, Help me! I'm forgetting the name of the documentary now. And the lady, Paris the, is burning. Paris, Paris is, is burning. burning. Paris is burning. And yeah. many of the vernacular and and how the vernacular that came from Paris is burning yep. was adopted by the greater African American community. However, the greater African American community didn't get better on gay rights. And so, on what level one was there? Was there not sort of a respect for the queer African American experience that then was appropriated from that film within the larger? african-american experience it's an issue it's a great it's it's a a great issue issue. but it's also i think indicative of the ebbs and flows of how culture moves yes but off but that's not the same as the fact that historically speaking white people are like literally known for not moving culture but taking taking it like violently taking your stuff completely completely so there's also just kind of like there's context you know what i mean like things aren't vacuums like the reality of like even and i'm not excusing this by any means but even like the pervasiveness of homosexual of of homophobia in the black community like Mm -hmm. even that is tied back to like like it's you can tie it to slavery but even that goes like even way far back to like just tribal you know norms in africa that we don't even know about but they just kind of like get carried through and misappropriated etc so i think that we have to understand that like 
you get to me, it gets dangerous when we make comparisons mm-hmm. amongst like, well, black people did this. So it's kind of the same as when we do this. And it's like, but it's not yeah. like it just isn't. It's within the family. Yeah. And also doesn't I mean, for me, it just it always sends a shiver down my spine when I hear somebody when somebody says something that incendiary or just honestly, just like. tacky or tasteless you know when when your boss says to you like teach me how to be a strong black woman I'm like don't you like regret the words when they are exiting your mouth doesn't even it it doesn't even he thought he was giving me a compliment yeah positive positive discrimination is is like yeah (laughs) it's huge it's huge and and I I, I think there have been times where I've fallen into that as well not with uh, you know uh, uh, African American female culture and being gay but like you know I remember being in high school and, and making stereotypes about certain friends who yeah. might have known more about math than I did. And I remember thinking at the You're time... You're talking about Asians. Uh, how dare you, <laughs> Alan? I mean... No, but like... You are. I mean, there, yeah, there were, there were obviously certain stereotypes yeah. about that. And like, I remember thinking like, oh, you know, it's, it's a stereotype, but it's yeah. a positive one. And I, it takes well, but, a while, obviously, to hit yeah. a point, not just, I think, culturally speaking, but also just in your own Maturity. intellectual development, yeah. where you go, well, that's that's also not appropriate ever. Because- There's like a more you know thing also thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, like, we don't know stuff. And then once you know it, you're like, oh, now I know better. Yes. And I think that there is something to be said for that. Like, when we see, like, people go back, like... <laughs> like eight years ago to people's tweets you know I yeah, hate that right. but here's the thing oh, I hate that here's the thing notice how no one ever beats it to their tweets like I'm mm-hmm. waiting for someone mm-hmm. to be like okay guys so let me just give you a heads up. I've got some yes. trash ass right. tweets yeah. from 2013. Yeah. Yeah. And I have gone through an awakening. This yeah. is what I experienced. Yeah. You know, I came from this background and I come to like no one ever yeah. does that. They don't say it until it's like it creeps up on them and it's like, ooh, your racism is showing, you know? And then they're like, It wasn't ah. me. <laughs> right. I didn't write it. <laughs> but then I also think that there's like I, there's this concept of like if we're all oppressed, like then we can all oppress each other. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. like I would never say the f word. Like I just would. I just because don't. Because it would be. Uh, wait, be yeah, I don't say that. Oh, I was like, because it would be. You wouldn't say fuck. I always say. Fuck. But that's an f. Like yeah. that is yeah. an f word to me. Yeah. And wouldn't that? Because it would. Uh, wouldn't that just make you be like, what am I doing? It's like it's like it's like me wondering why white people want to say nigger so bad. It's I'm like, so why? Strange. Why is it? Why? Well, I, yeah. I enjoy. I mean, you guys, <laughs> I enjoy saying the f word. Yeah. Yes. Uh, faggot. But and it's your like, choice. Oh, no, of course. But, that's... but I like the discomfort that my friends feel when I use it because well, they can't use it back. There's well, that's also. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love. It. I mean, I don't call my friends. F- oh, I, I guess I do. <laughs> you, you do. Call me. Yeah. But, like, uh, but see, do. like, that's y'all shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm on the outside, like, <laughs> right. you know, but like, that's y'all shit. And it's like, you respect that because you have a cultural, you have a shared cultural experience right. that mm-hmm. allows you to have that. That's what nigga is. It's like, it's a shared cultural experience. And a lot of times I have white people like, why can't I say it? And it's like, almost like the easiest way at this point is just to be like, it's cultural appropriation. Well, that's why. Also, what yeah. Sierra says at the end of her essay, which I like, is that she says, like, basically, you can, you can enjoy Beyonce. Like, you're allowed to enjoy this Hell stuff. Yeah. She yeah. says, you know, but... 
you don't, you know, she said, sorry, she says, so you're, so you, you're like, enjoy it. But she goes, but you're not a strong black woman or a ghetto girl or any of that foolery. It's okay. You don't have to be. Yeah. No one asked you to be. You weren't ever meant to be. What mm-hmm. you can be, however, is part of the solution. Just check your privilege and try to strengthen the people around you, which I think is so, it's just a simple answer. Mm-hmm. And it's, you just said it a couple minutes ago. It's just like, just be aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've, I've always thought. And that's in that whole, you know, situation that the CNN, CNN created. Yeah. <laughs> I my my entire point was that if 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 we take the combative nature between people who essentially in many respects are like minded, they are of equal not equal in necessarily larger societal sense, but in terms of shared values and shared sort of prosper uh, becoming more greater visibility within society, if we take the combative nature out and start recognizing that we have more together, strength together, amplifying mm-hmm. each other, and we understand where cultural appropriation is coming from. Like, what happens on RuPaul's Drag Race right now with, with a lot of the words that they use? I'm not necessarily offended by that, said I'm a white man, but, like, I'm not necessarily offended by, and obviously there's a huge, huge audience for RuPaul's Drag Race, black, white, gay, straight, male, female, and they're not crying necessarily all the time about cultural appropriation. That said... I think because these drag queens are respecting in a way, and RuPaul is respecting where that comes from, yes. knowing that they can do that. Because it's cultural reference. It's Yes, exactly. It's the difference between cultural appropriation and cultural and reference. And if you know where it's coming from, and, and you, you give homage. it the respect, and you pay homage to... And that was the thing. Like, in her article, I was so upset that there was no reference to Paris is Burning. There was no reference. If you're going to talk about a gay issue and talk about where vernacular within the queer community comes from, you have got to mention Paris is Burning. But that's, but that's her experience. Well, she doesn't, but it she, isn't because if you don't... If you're not giving the respect to the group that you're accusing of something... And learning where they're coming from, then you're well, doing you're doing the very thing that you want people to do to you. She was talking about white gay guys. Well, yes, Paris is burning has nothing to do with white gay guys. That I understand, but it's a queer issue. It's a queer identity, and and there's going to be even mm. there's. It's queer, a white gay guy issue. It it's is a white a gay guy issue. issue. It's a queer white guy issue. But it to me, when I was reading it, I and I obviously haven't read it in years since. Because she wouldn't have a problem with anyone in Paris is burning using black women vernacular. But so understanding, that's why it's not relevant. But it is relevant, though. It's relevant to the queer experience. It's also relevant to the African American queer but experience. She's not, but she's that's not, not her issue. About her experience. No, but no, that's not. Her issue what I'm is even, white guys stop being. Thieves of black women vernacular. Yes, and she doesn't. So she doesn't. The only have to reference know. for she's... Paris is burning is to say Paris is burning is an example of. Uh, you're basically saying like you wish that she had given. You're basically. It sounds like to me what you're saying is that you wish that she had acknowledged that like black people did the same thing to Paris is burning no. as she's accusing white no. people of doing to. No, no, I, I, okay. that, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, if you're gonna understand sort of the queer experience and say that it's okay to like these things and to have cultural reference, you also have to understand where so much of gay culture comes from. And if you're going to say that gay people can have these things, you have to know where they're coming from and part of where queer people, not just black or white queer people, I'm talking queer people in general, comes from Paris is Burning. What we say now, white and gay, white and black. All she's saying is that I'm a black woman. So she's not talking about like where queer comes from. She's talking about like as a black woman, there's shit that you're doing that comes from me. 
Yeah. And I don't like it. And that's why she and, does. And I don't think she has to know like what ball culture is. No, she does, she though. She I don't does. Think, she it's doesn't. irrelevant to her argument. It's, it's her no. her life. She's she, It's from her she's life. Speaking she's speaking about her around. Experience. But you can't speak of another group without researching the other group. Yes, the you other can. group is not even referenced. It, the other group has nothing to do with Paris is Burning. Like, well, you can't no, just at, claim because these black people are doing this in Paris is Burning that, that she's referencing them. She's not intersectional. She's not making an intersectional reference. She's speaking specifically to white gay men. And she's saying at the end that that it's okay if you feel this way and you want to do this. You just have to have cultural deference to where it comes from. And it comes from black women is what she's saying. She's saying that cultural deference to black women. That's but if the mannerisms saying. that she's talking about are coming from black women and black culture took many of those mannerisms from Paris is Burning, which you said, then wouldn't that then give I don't, I reason don't... for citing Paris is Burning? So correct me if I'm wrong. In the article, does she quote specific things that are in Paris is Burning? No, I, th- I I think what I'm what I think her point is is that she's not necessarily referencing to saying like yas or like Vogue or whatever like what you know whatever. She's I think the, she she references like Medea. Yes, she's looking around at just be, she's just a, a black woman. That's her life. She un, that's her understanding and that's her experience. And what she's seeing is not necessarily stuff just from Paris is burning. Mm-hmm. She's seeing representations. Of mm-hmm. white guys act it's like like black women that a she minstrel knows. show, and it's it grosses her out, it's and like, I get it. It's like when I walk down the street and I see someone who's essentially appropriating Chris Hansen from To Catch a Predator. Of course, right. yes, <laughs> it's the same I mean, thing. It's, it's it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a. I mean, this is not this is not an equivalent per se, but it kind of is a very a funny tandem that we brought up on the show before. But Brent um, Brent was once at a thrift store with the woman in the wheelchair. The woman oh, in the oh, wheelchair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is the first time I was. Saw a woman I was. In I was at a. I was at a flea market, and there was a. Uh, there was a woman. A woman in a wheelchair um, with her friend, and her friend was looking at clothing, and the woman was just, just sitting there. And uh, this, uh, a third woman. I'm close by, so I can hear everything. A third woman walks by, <laughs> and she already. leans in to the woman in the wheelchair, and I hear her just go. You're beautiful. <laughs> and and to me, I mean, it's not the s- same thing per se, but it's again, it's, it's like so this, <laughs> it's just a gross way of being like. I I'm acknowledging you. you're I'm yeah. different than you. us. It's like, oh, it's like you said. Would you say it's, it's a, compl- a compliment? A discriminatory comment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah what did you call it? I, I, I positive discrimination. discrimination. Yeah, yeah. Positive yeah. discrimination. I think that's what they call affirmative action in the UK. But anyway, um, and I remember that girl in a wheelchair looked at this her friend the and they just they just laughed. They uh, laughed so yeah. hard. And it, I just remember <laughs> loving that like they had that You're moment beautiful. of like, My brother had that awful, all throughout like, childhood. My brother has cerebral palsy and people would come up and give him these weird compliments. <laughs> like He was like an assistant coach on the football team and people would be like, it's so great that you do this <laughs> for you. <laughs> and he's just like, here Well, Amanda, thank uh, you so much yeah, for being so here. Much. We adore Thanks you. For yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. And another thing. So the royal wedding happened. Uh-huh. Um, and I. Did you watch? Well, that's my question. Do do you? I don't I care. Do not at give all. a fuck. Do oh, you? I I mean, I don't care necessarily about it, but I do have an. I love history. I don't care that someone cares. I'm yeah, not like anti caring, 
but I don't give a fuck. I I, I have a thing less. for history, of course. Like I've always been a huge, and I, I also have a thing for just like anything British. So uh-huh. I do love the history of this family well, like, and the people, history of like, the royal have, family. People are um, what, what's it called? What, what are you? A what kind of file? An Anglophile. Anglophile. Oh, but yeah. people are, who are Anglophiles like the flag and the royal. Like, but this yeah. is just like no. This is a part of Anglophileness. Oh, God, it's a part yeah. of sort of like the idea that this marriage and how this marriage sort of unfolded, sort of in mm. many ways, goes back to you know way back when like 1500s like mm-hmm. it's like there are certain things that that are part of this wedding that is just a part of tradition and it's really kind of pretty yeah. and i also Did you i mean watch? i didn't okay. watch you it didn't. live but i watched of course all the recap stuff because i was not about i was in dc and i was not about to get up at 4 a.m to did watch you, that did you see bishop michael curry's um, sermon i did see his sermon that was pretty awesome i saw that it was pretty awesome and the fact that he the fact that it was so black one of my favorite things was watching prince charles and camilla sort of get lost in the program while they were singing stand by me they were like what's this about <laughs> i don't know all the black people are singing is yeah, there a protest yeah. yeah um and it was but I, I but it does i was talking with someone i i had to go to this thing afterwards and I was talking to this woman um, who was black and she was saying she was getting like emotional hmm. about it I was at Georgetown for a graduation and she was just like sitting next to me we were talking about the royal wedding because it was the same day and she she was saying how much similar to like Michelle Obama what Meghan Markle does on a larger sense especially for you know women and little girls in for, foreign countries that well that's what will be also that's what Whoopi Goldberg said on The View she said like People always, you know, she's like, now everyone can look at that, can look at her and be like, I want to be a princess too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do a terrible whoopee impression. Yeah, my, no, but my, it's true. That point is really true. I mean, when you see yourself represented, even in this kind of way that's kind of sort of insignificant and doesn't really matter, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Did you like, also like? Again, I don't care, but also, Meghan Markle is so pretty. So pretty. It's, she's also five years older than him. Oh wow! Yeah, Do you and she they... was married before too. Right, I, I heard that. But yeah. she's she's just so like her freckles are so pretty, and she's so real. Which I, that's something that I love about it is that she she made this quote by she said because uh, royals don't really hug all that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she I was like, "I'm an American, I hug." And, and you know what's also cool about I, her? Of course, I, only read headlines, but I read that headline. Yeah. Right, right. Well, there also the one other headline that I read <laughs> I saw on Facebook was we do an entire podcast based <laughs> off just the headline that you read. That no, uh, she. She was on. Remember that show, Nick News? Yeah, sure. So she was on Nick News. I saw a, that Instagram video. Yeah, as today, a yeah. kid, um, and she because she wrote Procter and Gamble because there was a commercial on TV for some sort of like household product, uh-huh. and she felt it was very sexist and yeah. portrayed women oh, wow. as like nothing more than just you know homemakers. And she wrote Procter and Gamble a letter, and they pulled the ad. Yeah, oh, wow. isn't did that you, awesome? Did this bitch ever write a letter to salute your shorts? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah. When you're pointing at me. Asking if I wrote the letter to the show itself. Yeah. Did you ever write a fan letter to salute your shorts? I didn't write a letter to salute your shorts, but you know I wrote letters to so many celebrities and game shows. Same, and yeah. I got so yeah. much stuff. Can That's I just great. say, good can for, I just ask, though, like, know. about the royal wedding? I never would have expected, like, Prince Harry to become the hot one. Honestly. Like, oh, I, I, always, I, I always thought Prince I've William was going to be the hot one because he was, like, tall and lean and beautiful and blonde and all these things. Then now he just looks like an accountant, and Harry just looks like that dirty man at the bar is going to fuck you good. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he also had, well, he also, remember, he, he wore that, like, swastika on Halloween or something? He wore a Nazi outfit, Oof, yeah. That was rough. But he, yeah. but he talked well, about that, and he talked about, I mean, what I love about Harry is that, like, because he's sort of the discarded royal, mm. like, that is never going to be king. He had to be. He was. He had the option to serve in the war, mm-hmm. and so he actually like 
saw battle. Like he uh, yeah, served. He actually, I, and he said that, that for right? years afterwards, he was really kind of fucked up in the head. Because sure. it was around the same time, like his mom had died. And then, of course, he went to school and then the war. And it was like a lot of things were going. I, I mean, that doesn't excuse him being, you know, are there any wearing a Nazi outfit. Rumor, are there any rumors that he's not? Charles's son. Yeah, Diana's there was that son. rumor for years. It's been like the guy spoke out against it, but um, Diana, the affair that Diana had with that horse rider, I forget his name. Um, he looks surprisingly like Harry because he's redhead too. But the guy came out and was like, "I didn't know Diana when Harry was born. I had no. We hadn't met until two years after um, he was born. Like he's he's squashed." You that. know, I'll tell you guys. I remember uh, in ninth grade, my friend got me a. She sent me like a postcard, and it was one of those like f- postcards that was just a person's head you know the image of a person's head and it was prince william and she sent it to me like as a joke of some kind and it filled me with the fear that she knew i was gay Ah. and i was like oh this is so funny (laughs) oh my god what does she know what does she know what does she think what does she think and it was made me so nervous that i had to like throw it away but i did keep you know did i ever tell you my favorite joke when i was a kid i started doing this in middle school for my dad's birthday every year I would get him a card, like a Hallmark card, every year with a shirtless guy on the front. <gasps> wow. And I never said a word about it. <laughs> and he would open it up and, and he'd be like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, oh, happy birthday. You mean birthday. you got him one of those like cheesy... Yeah, cheesy hunk, like a, a, a hunk, hunk, yeah. hunk with like a, a ribbon over his dick or I something. Mean, and my dad was like, all right. And then like three or four years in, he was finally like... Okay, you can stop. It's fine. I love that of all, like, I can understand you doing that for somebody else, but doing it for your father is hilarious. And also, how young were you when you did that? I I remember doing it maybe, like, late middle school. Wow. I thought it was, like, I still think it's, like, the funniest joke I've ever done. That's uh, Well before I came out. Yeah, but in retrospect, I mean, it was obviously, it was... No, I think I was just fucking around. You were? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Oh, see, that's where I I would linger. Because it wasn't for him. He wasn't, like, going to go, you know... Yeah, oh, I don't know. I, I would li- I lingered in card stores often to like. <laughs> no, I did. Like I really? would linger at the stationery store to try and. You got like, off to car- the Hallmark cards. I mean, how much like, exposure? He would get like a raging boner reading highlights for kids. <laughs> I mean, he was like. No, a that's not true. We know. I I read Playgirl and stuck oh. it inside of a Nickelodeon <laughs> yes. magazine. Yeah, but why Nickelodeon? You everyone Great knows question. you stick yeah, it inside of a Rolling Stone like magazine because no one suspects the dude reading Rolling Stone. I was a but I was a teenager. At Borders, looking like I had a raging boner yeah. reading Nickelodeon magazine. <laughs> yeah. What That's a dope. So funny. All right. And nothing's changed. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt say? So uh, she would say, you know that discussion you had with Amanda about cultural appropriation and everything? I didn't understand a single word you said. <laughs> <laughs> I know my aunt would say... Now, where can I see H. Allen on television? I'd send her the link. I don't think she'd know how to open it, but it exists. My Aunt Anne would say, I can't be racist. I married a black man. Mm-hmm. We've heard that. Yeah. she's she's That's her life, baby. It is. She can be racist. Of course. Just FYI, proximity to a black person doesn't make you not racist. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to your Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. See you next time. It's a good show.